2: Oh, it's cool that you guys are pulling it out of people. West Virginia. Yes. I have family down there, my dad and my brother.
1: Um, How old were you when you moved to Ohio? I
2: was in second grade when I moved to Ohio.
1: And that's when you went to East Palestine? Yep. It's in second grade. So you didn't go to college right after high school?
2: I did. I had multiple different college experiences. So I started in Chicago with interior design. No way. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I lived there for like six months. Decided to come back home. Went to YSU for a while. Stopped going for a little while while Johnny was in his nursing program. I think I was still going part-time. Then I, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just kind of piecing together, forcing myself to go take hours and not really totally involved in where I'm leading myself here. Like, I'm not sold on it. So just backed out completely. And I actually went and worked full-time as a paraeducator in Beaver Local High School for a year, the student who had lost his arm in a tractor incident. And he was having issues with opioid addiction mm-hmm. at that same time in that. Anyway, had this relationship with a student, but was going to Beaver Local to and fro every day listening to Caleb. And Caleb's like putting on ads about Geneva College, come find your purpose and your da 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 da. What? And so I finished up that school year and I applied and I got accepted and I went to Geneva and finished out and then ended up being there
1: for three more years. So you were <laughs> three more years left mm-hmm. when you started?
2: Mm hmm. But it was the most fascinating and amazing experience. I loved Geneva College. And I was a featured twirler there. So I got involved with the band. So, um,
0: (gasps) Listen, as much as I'm an advocate and like, whoop, whoop, whoop for Upper Room, I feel the same way about Geneva. Oh, my gosh. I love Geneva College. And I have nothing but just wonderful, wonderful, happy things to say about it. Yeah. Yes. I love that you loved it, too. I saw you walking with your jacket. (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh, Geneva. Knowing that you're an accounting person, but that initially you were headed towards interior design is so interesting.
2: I was going through a big growth learning bubble in that time. Okay. I really look back at, like, my spiritual awakening Yeah. And like my junior, senior year of high school. Well, junior year, I had kind of started straying away from my faith. I had always been active in church. My mom had always taken us since we were little. That was just a part of what we did. And it was just a part of me. And I but my faith really start. I started a faith adventure, I would say. Probably like I started walking away my junior year of high school mm-hmm. and falling into some stuff that I'm not exactly, you know, proud of and felt oh, a yeah. distance between my mother totally, yeah. and felt like, you know, that I had disappointed her. She didn't even know of the things that I would, had lied and covered up and whatever. So I just felt this distance and this pull apart and really started disconnecting from God and, you know, but I was still going to church my junior and senior year of high school as much as I had to or my mom asked me to or whatever but further into going into college and really kind of being physically on my own so I had kind of distanced myself earlier but then I got physically out of my home and I'm in the middle of a big city I'm living in Chicago like in the belt well first I lived up on Lakeshore Drive the main road that's all the shopping's on and I'm like at the top in the north and so I would come down to class like in the middle of the belt I just found myself just utterly, like, didn't have, you know, close alliances with friendships. I was not connected with teachers or or people or a church or just really was on my own (laughs) for the first time in my life. And I remember I was so starved for... For relationship with God, and I was just searching through. I had been in different roommate situations. I had had a laptop stolen at my first apartment that I lived on Lakeshore Drive, and it had me relocate because I didn't really trust my roommates at that time. I didn't know whether it was internal or somebody snuck it, but I moved. To a different apartment. And I was in with like a total of four girls, me and three other girls. And the one that I shared a room with was actually practicing Wiccan. And so I moved into that apartment right before Halloween and got to witness that situation. And then I had another roommate who was really strong in her faith. And she gave me a Rebecca St. James book. Her not knowing what my struggle had been with what had separated me with where I had went in my junior year to follow away and and go into my own stuff that really felt like I had disappointed my mom, and I never talked to her about it, but I had just covered it up. She gave me this book, and she played this song for me, and it was about second chances and relationships, and I read this book, and I just remember crying in my room in my apartment. Just crying out to God that I just needed Him and I needed His healing. Well, I didn't really know how to unpack healing or whatever, but I just, I just needed to reconcile that relationship with my mom because I knew she was good and she was my rock at that point. I felt like I had let her down, and I remember I had a conversation with her later on and. God really, through a series of multiple different things. Then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, who was still living back in East Palestine, Mm -hmm. Rogers actually, was out in the woods and had a a really bad experience where he had a stick go through his eye and literally had a near-death experience. My mom got to rush to the hospital. I rushed to the hospital from the airport. We both met there and were able to pray with him before he went into surgery. And the doctor's given him all of the, this could go really well or this could be the end like it's right on the dura of your brain if it punctures encephalitis this is nothing we can do we're gonna try every way that we can without disturbing it to get it out it was like just right here right now and he had been in chicago the week before like with this inch and a quarter long stick that was it's really a freak accident and a really just a miraculous hand of god that he is a-okay he has vision everything he sees a little bit of double right here But really, just a a total act of God. I can honestly say that God has had His hand on my life and on my husband's life the whole time, and has just so patiently just steered our direction, just lovingly letting us choose and letting us see the stark contrasts and see what else is out there, the type of lostness that's out there, and to really kind of start identifying and having this awakening inside my own spiritual awakening that was just transpiring that I wanted to get to church on my own.
1: How'd you end up at the Upper Room?
2: We had been called back to East Palestine. My mom was affiliated with the Presbyterian Church in East Palestine. My mom found a lifeboat in the church. She had had a really hard childhood, and she went running to God. She had found him in youth group and at church when she was a youth and was having a really hard childhood that really brought her hope i mean literally like my mom is just somebody i just utterly admire because there's something so real about her faith because she has had such hardship it has done nothing but bring her to this really strong footing with the lord like that she just depends on him for everything she goes to him for everything just in a really real and raw way. It wasn't like we were going through the motions. That's what I was doing when I was, you know, a youth. But for her, that was her lifeboat that she jumped to the church and people there and really found her, her strength and truth and growth and lots of good pastors. And she really found health and vitality
1: there. Too. And that was a Presbyterian church?
2: hmm But I say the church, um, the <clears throat> Presbyterian church, but really like people. Some so
1: after you guys stepped away, how did you find out about the Upper Room?
2: Lisa LeBon introduced okay. us to the church. She had told me a while back about your women's conference. She had told me a lot of good things about this place being so spirit-filled. I found nothing but kindness here. And actually, there's so many cool connections. Like, my girls just love Mr. Scheller <laughs> and Mrs. Monica. They had already had connections from school that I didn't even know were here. Isn't that crazy? And so it was like oddly cool how mm-hmm. we just became family really mm-hmm. quickly. Like, I felt welcomed and it was really cool.
1: Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's E. It's K. And we are here with the lovely Jessica Hall. Welcome, Jessica.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Jessica was born in West Virginia and moved to Ohio in second grade with her mom and her siblings. She's a graduate of East Palestine High School, where she met her future husband, John. They dated for three years and then got married. They've been married for 13 years and they have four beautiful children. Livia, Eliana, Alexandria, and Jonathan. The ages from seven to one. Mm-hmm. So they have a very busy household. <laughs> Jessica and John took turns supporting each other before they had kids going to school. John is a registered nurse who's working in construction right now. And Jessica had a long college experience. (laughs) Chicago, YSU, and then finally Geneva College (laughs) where she graduated in 2012 with a business and accounting degree. (laughs) Jessica's worked full-time in accounting. She's been a full-time mother and currently she is working part-time remotely in accounting. While she's raising her brood of cute little kids, (laughs) you got a busy.
2: It's got a full plate. Yes, wonderfully full.
1: (laughs) Three of her kids go to Heartland Christian and. You get to. Which we are so
2: grateful for Heartland Christian. We love Heartland.
1: You get to hang out with the baby all day then. You get some mama time. Yeah. As a family, they love biking, hiking, visiting playgrounds, spending time with cousins and friends. They love to have praise concerts in their car Mm -hmm. and dance parties at home. And they have been a part of the upper room for the past year and a half. And Jessica is involved in Thursday morning prayer. She's a greeter, a lovely smiling face yeah, as a greeter, and she's also a volunteer a in our nursery with mm-hmm. the kiddos. Yes. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Did I get all that right? hmm Tell us, Jessica, who or what turned your light on?
2: I know that Jesus has always had his hand on my life. My mother showed me very early on what it was to be true and steadfast in her faith and her beliefs and to get her strength from someone other than herself. I've watched my mom throughout my whole life, and I have just— Here's tissues, too. (laughs) (laughs) We do this. We cry. You're fine. Anyway, I get my um, brown eyes from my daddy, but I really get my faith and my love for the Lord, I believe, from my mother because I've seen her love him her whole life that I've known her. I just know that he is a best friend to her and a steady companion. So growing up, I know that my mom had a big part in turning my light on because she was true and steadfast in trying to get us to good places, to meet good people, to hear good stuff, and to fill us up with good. She really, really tried hard and worked hard as a single mother to try and get us rooted at an early age and teach us who Jesus was. Um, Life wasn't always easy, but my mom would have us at church even if I can remember one time she loaded us all up in the Suburban, and we got there, and the parking lot was empty because church was closed that day. We had a snowstorm. My mom still got us there. We became very active in church at a young age. We were in youth groups. She was involved. She taught handbells and other different ministries she got very active in. My sister and I especially really had a lot of time that we spent at church and building relationship, but... My light really came on through kind of walking that out that I had always kind of went through the motions of going to church, and then when I graduated high school and went out on my own and went to college, my faith really had to become my own. I really started getting faced with, you know, that I had kind of separated myself from my mom, who I really felt like was my rock and kind of was on my own for the first time was really having to address those issues and things that I had seen and witnessed and kind of making my faith my own. Through it, just feeling like God was leading me and he was helping me in my direction. He was there when I fell. He was there when I made mistakes. He was there when I went the wrong direction. He kindly, lovingly steered me back on the right direction, picked me up and put me back on the path and bring me close to where I'm supposed to be, which is right next to him. I've just had this relationship that has just blossomed over the last... 15 years of my life.
1: What was that like when you were in high school when you started to pull away from the foundation that your mom presented to you guys? You know, that you were involved with youth group. What was it that tugged you away from the Lord in that season of your life?
2: I come from a broken family, and I think I was looking for love in a lot of the wrong places. I was just wanting to fit in and wanting approval from friends and wanting to be with the in crowd. Um, I was just putting a lot of emphasis on the the wrong things. I think I just drifted into things that just weren't I had been brought up. My mom had um, talked to me about her past and she had talked to me about how she wanted things for me that were special and beautiful and you know, we talked about purity and that that was just something that she wanted for me. But she did it in a very loving way that she just wanted to protect me. When I started getting involved with boys, boyfriend or whatever, kind of going an opposite direction, I think I was just craving love and that approval and coming from some brokenness. I just found it in the wrong places and just started getting off track. And then quickly that my decisions spiraled into that I just felt shame,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I felt like I was I would have disappointed my mom and I felt dirty, and I felt just separated. I separated myself, and I'd know that I just felt I felt broken. I did that kind of on my own, and on the the surface, you know, I think I got baptized, my junior senior year in the church at the Presbyterian Church. um I know I was still outwardly going to church and doing things that seemed to be what I was supposed to do because I'm a people pleaser and I I just want to go with the flow. But I was never pursuing a relationship with Jesus and he wasn't my rock and my redeemer and my best friend and he wasn't transforming my life for the better. God has done a remarkable work in me in that I am an overcomer of brokenness. Even though my family was broken, I have been blessed with a wonderful husband. We are faithful to one another. We are committed and solid. Uh, We love our children together. We know that we want to do life together and family together. And it's just a beautiful thing because my children can rely on both of us for different things. And it's so cool to see Johnny sit down and show one of my daughters how to carve a stick and make it sharp. Because that's what they do. He takes a pocket knife out and he's like, here, babe, we start carving up sticks. And, you know, I just do different things than that. So mm-hmm. they get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And I have relationship with my mom and my dad. And it's become a lot better a lot better as I'm older. And um, I have hope and reconciliation through a lot of things. But growing up, it wasn't always the best. So
1: and so that season when you went away, you were pulling away from your mom, you were pulling away from the Lord, even though you from the outside looked like you were doing everything you were supposed to be doing. But (laughs) when we've all Kate and I have experienced that. But tell us about that season when you went away to Chicago in college that It became your relationship with Jesus, not this is what my mom passed on to me, that you took it as your own.
2: Yeah. They brought all my stuff and dropped me off and left me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember like, (laughs) I was on my own. I was just... I was just eating out of cans of soup and crackers because I didn't know how to feed myself. (laughs) I wasn't able to get to certain places like fast food easily in Chicago. Like, I think there was like some sub shops. Literally, I was just on my own with all of the things that all kids that are leaving the nest for the first time, they're, you know, experiencing. But also the fact that I was in a big city and there just was no network of community at my school. I was going to Harrington College of Design, which was a bunch of people that just lived... All around the city and I wasn't very connected even with my roommates and then there was that issue with my laptop getting stolen and I really had lost trust and I didn't know who these people were even more and I was just very naive. Really felt unsafe in that one particular first apartment. So got out of there, went to my next living situation, and was met with a girl that was practicing Wiccan. And we had very different worldviews. <laughs> and I wasn't even certain of my whole worldview, but I just knew that I just was amazed at how different we were. And also, I had a roommate named Amy, who was a very sweet and strong Christian girl. Amy ended up reaching out to me and giving me a Rebecca St. James book. And I took that book to heart. The praise music that was around at that time in like the 2005 era, not super cool. Yeah, Like I remember I being a kid and my mom having to put on like the praise music when we were in the car with friends. Oh. And I was like, mom, <laughs> shut that off. This is embarrassing. But now I love praise music. So it's crazy. <laughs>
1: it's come a long ways.
2: It has. But she listened to it. And she read these different books, and so she would just, like, hand me things. And so I would sit in my room, and I was just kind of depressed and kind of lost and didn't really have a lot to do with my time other than I would go to class and come home, and I didn't really have a whole lot going. And so I was starting to read some of these books and talking to her a little bit. So anyway, God had planted her as a worker in my life and had planted some materials that I could unpack, and I did. And I remember having sobbing moments in my apartment that, you know, just brought me to I need reconciliation and I need to talk to my mom. I need to have a convo with her. At some point we did. She just was like, I'm not mad at you. I, you know, I'm like, do you forgive me? Like, And she's like, yes, I, I'm sorry that I put that pressure on you to think that I would not forgive you. I, of course I forgive you. I love you. I don't care. I want you to be healthy and happy and I want you to be close to me. And so we had this reconciliation and I just remember and there was pauses and there was like, growth periods where I would grow really fast and then I was like kinda of halt to go slow. But I was just hungry for truth. I was hungry for more about God. I was hungry for good songs. I was hungry for books. I was just hungry for truth. And so I was unpacking. And God gave me a hunger and thirst for his righteousness. Even where I was not super close. Mm-hmm. And it was just He just kept steering my path That's to so be good. closer and closer to Him. And I landed at Geneva College eventually. And I'll tell you what, I had some amazing professors. Mm. They just really put some awesome stuff down in me about worldviews, really just kind of brought some stuff to the light for me that really just made sense, Christian worldview and looking at things that God made. It just was a wonderful growth experience for me Mm. to learn academics in light of a Christian worldview, which I just hadn't experienced.
0: Terry Thomas, what a guy.
2: Oh, I had such a crush on Terry Thomas. Oh, So I literally told my husband about my man, Crush of Terry Thomas, because he was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I had him for Bible 300 fun class. So we're just talking about culture and... He'd tell funny story after funny story, I swear. He was just a funny guy. And he'd always put his glasses up in his curls and sit there on the desk telling his funny stories. <laughs> you are <laughs> just a crush on this man. <laughs> Eating it up,
1: drinking it in. <laughs> Where was John on his journey with his faith when you were growing? Was that something like when you were dating in high school? Was it part of his family or his background or?
2: No, no, not per se. I think he had been to church a couple times in his past That was not really something that he was pursuing at all, but... He was very interested in coming with me, and we both just started unpacking it together and growing together and giving grace to one another when, like, I was kind of wanting to grow faster or I was wanting to go do this. And, you know, he's always like, can we just not be the last ones out of church today? (laughs) 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 That was my lifeboat. This is where I get this good information and all this good stuff to unpack and grow. And I want to be here, and I want to meet other people. And I want to—we got in with marriage mentors. When we were going to Greenford, we had a couple that sat down with us faithfully every week for months leading up to our marriage. They still, 13 years in, they still send us a happy anniversary card every year. They just planted seeds and talked to us about what marriage was going to be like. They had a real faith testimony. They had had hard stuff through a loss of a child. And they had shared Mm. stuff with us about how God has strengthened them even through that and how hard things happen. In marriage, they really braced us. They gave us really practical, good stuff about talking about expectations, about who was to take out the garbage, you know, to kind of plan for these things of what you expect going in, you know, because you're already Mm -hmm. kind of coming in with your ideas. So they really kind of like had us draw things out and talk things out. All these things that we hashed out with them then ended up being like really fruitful and beneficial for us to have talked about, even though at the time we were like, oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, are we talking about? It's true, it's so <laughs> You know, because you kind of have like this soap opera view. Very real, practical, awesome people. They, they just planted good relationship with us. Relationships. I think wherever God has led, has weaved us. He has weaved us into meeting people, people that could challenge us and grow us and lead us. And so I definitely want to credit Lisa too, because I met her now almost eight years ago, and she has done nothing but challenge me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my faith walk. She's just a fireball, that one. That's one of my passions and hobbies is actually, I don't get much time for hobbies, but oh, walking. Wait, is that the, wait, is that the next
0: question? <laughs> like what lights you up? Or wait, is that yeah. another one? So Jess, tell us what lights you up.
2: I love being around people. I love sharing life with friends. I love fellowshipping. I love greeting. I love my children. The light that I see in them, the awesome creativity that I see in them, it just inspires me. I see such, such sweet kindness that just comes out of them, gentleness and love. And it just makes me want to be a better mom. I want to be more patient, more gentle, more loving with how I teach them. I would just say I am inspired by people and by serving people and being with people people being with my children.
1: I would say you are an anomaly that you are an accountant <laughs> and you are so relational. Were you the odd duck out in the office?
2: <laughs> I have I have two personalities because <laughs> when I go to work I am pretty serious. Okay. I'm pretty well like I got to get this task done and I'm pedal to the metal at work. When I when I close my laptop, I'm a different fascinating a different human being. <laughs>
0: You were starting to say you like to walk or you're... That is where I
2: get a lot of my friendship time is during walk. Yes, I to get away from the children and go have a walk. And Lisa and I usually shoot for like four miles or sometimes I have walks with my sister or my mom. And that's just kind of my time to pause on all my other responsibilities and really just kind of be in the moment and hear other people, what they're going through and, mm-hmm. and listen and be a friend and talk and learn new things. And I just love walking. When I was pregnant with Jonathan, walking was like my favorite thing to do because I had gestational diabetes and I needed to walk. It was 2020 and you weren't really allowed to do a whole lot of things, but oh I was gosh. allowed to get out and walk.
0: <laughs> so yes, that's just something that brings me peace. And Do you still love to do design, interior design? Does um, that kind of interest you anymore? No? Okay. Uh, no. I, if that my sister-in-law over.
2: always laughed at me for the longest time because every time she would come in my house, I would rearrange like my whole living area like my couches would all be different and everything and so I had an obsession with doing decorations and stuff in my home and I like to do you know all the homey type stuff but when I got kids I'm too
1: busy for all that (laughs) (laughs)
2: like I don't care if this place isn't a complete tornado I'm good to go let's go thank (laughs) you I don't care what's on the walls.
1: (laughs) Isn't (laughs) it fascinating sometimes with young kids, 18, like what do you want to do with your life? (laughs) And sometimes we just randomly throw a dart at the wall and say, I'm going
2: to do this. Truly. Yes. And I'm a first generation college student too. So my (laughs) parents had built a business together. There's a lot of cool stuff about that, that I came from that I have pride in their hard work. And my dad went to a one room schoolhouse. He really taught himself and his dad. He taught his dad how to read. He wasn't wow. very good at read. I mean, like my dad is self-taught and he is just very smart. They have worked really, really hard through like the Jimmy Carter era. They had a 20% interest rate and they were taking out loans to start a business. There's so much to be said about I'm just proud of My heritage and my upbringing and hard work and determination comes from who I am when I say, like, I got my daddy's brown eyes. There's just a lot of that side, too. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But my dad has a little bit different perspective on life as far as faith. So he's more of a realism. He would say, like, I see what I see. It's what's Mm -hmm. practical, what's in front of me. And I'm like, Dad, what after work? What after this life? What's next? There's got to be something greater here. There's what's what's most important with our days and our time that we have here? So, mm. we've currently had like these conversations in the last week or two about oh, wow. you know prioritizing my main priority over work. And I've just I've scaled myself back from like ever wanting to climb up a corporate ladder or anything like that because I my felt in 2015 I felt God say to step away from my full time job. He wanted me to have a sense of urgency and to be more present with my family, which really led me to where I am now, which now I have mm-hmm. a cool position. But at the time, I I didn't have anything, and we didn't really have... A super fantastic income to just go down to one income. <sighs> so it was, you know, but I was, I just knew God was telling me. So that was
0: a step in trust.
2: Yeah. And now he has supplied, and there, it's cool how it's worked itself out. Yeah. But there was a long period of time that I just didn't. And we made it. We've had faith and trust in God and with our finances and he's always provided. He's always mm-hmm. been faithful and steadfast.
1: That's nice for you as a mom with four kids to be able to re- work remotely. Yes. Right now, I think that's probably one of the benefits from COVID is it's changing the workforce for many people.
2: I oftentimes do my <clears throat> work after I put my kids to bed, but then still not to be trying to be Ooh. too tired throughout the I was day. Say, that's <laughs> a long day. <laughs> like I want to be present, but I, I don't. I'm not putting in that many hours.
1: So tell us, Jess, how are you letting your light shine in this season of your life?
2: I feel it is my absolute most important job is being a mom to my four little kiddos because they're world changers. There's no better way to impact the future generations than through what God had said in the beginning was to be fruitful and multiply. And in that, he really wants us to be the main source of education and learning to our children. And so I feel that the steering hand that he has so patiently and lovingly put on me and guided me into faith, and he surrounded me by people that would lovingly help me into that direction, I feel that commitment that I have to pass that along and spur that on to my children to really show them that grace and that patience and that love and that kindness, to really give them good and to help them God's going to fill their cup, and He's going to overflow their cup. But I just really feel that commitment to honoring the faithfulness that He has shown me. And I just want to model that to my children, and I want to do it in a real and raw way. I don't want them to just go through the motions of thinking that they have to stand at church, and they have to do this a certain way. You have to stand here properly, and you can't— My oldest daughter, and I learned so much from her. God is really stretching me at this current time— Because he wrecked me one Sunday with one of Chris's messages and something I was like going through of just feeling this pressure of like my children were acting unruly during worship songs. And my husband is kind of more of like, like you stand here, you know, and I'm kind of more of like, oh, let's dance around, you know, whatever. (laughs) So there's like a middle ground of finding the peace in between both of us have to feel comfortable. I'm like so brought to this point of thinking, I don't want them to just be concerned with the outward appearance of how we're standing here in worship. To want them to be responsible individuals who aren't distracting others. So there's this dichotomy of this balance. And my daughter, the reason that she goes unruly or whatever you would call it, is because she sees Mr. Scheller or she sees Ray Lynn. And she's so about people. She loves people and she cares deeply about people. I'm like, okay, so God cares more about your heart and your love that you are so willing to give than you standing here properly. So as a mother, I'm like, yeah, Lord, just teach me. Like, you just show me with your spirit, by your spirit, like nudge me. How am I, how am I to parent this? Because that's just a one thing I'm growing on is the outward appearance is because I feel like in my past through growing up in the church or whatever, I was more aware of and looked at things of the outward appearance and how I was supposed to act, where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. And I just did things, you know, out of obedience, out of being first child, out of my birth order of being compliant what I thought I needed to do. And I really want my kids to be directed. I want to do character training. I want for them to be guided by the spirit. I just need help in this direction. These are things I'm trying to find time to read about and grow in and find time with God to really nudge me in the right directions with all that. But that's my current struggle and that's my main mission is impacting the future with my children for being the light, carrying that torch and multiplying it cuz I can carry one light, but they carry a bunch mm-hmm. and so they got a lot more energy than me so
1: <laughs> well, and you're definitely not alone I think as parents everybody struggles with that with their kids at church you know unless your kid's just very placid and quiet it can be a struggle and mm-hmm. I remember when we moved back here we had been at a church where you dropped the kids off at kids church and the adults went to adult church so like you didn't have to worry about it and we came back here and I was like <laughs> you know the boys were four and two and I I was like, "Oh my gosh, okay, this is not. This is this is not good." <laughs> and we even left for a while and went to another church that had separate, you know, cuz I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is too much stress." Oh, everybody's looking at me and
2: I actually um, love it. I love that we're together. Like I think it's beautiful. There is just this weight of the outward appearance thing that you know of just trying to make it look like you've got it all together you've got this perfect family everybody's tidied up and nice and orderly that is just impressed upon me or whatever I just feel the pressure of and God just wrecked me in one of Chris's messages about that it was not about the outward appearance and it was at the moment that I had almost had just like many little anxiety attack because they had just been so the more I like would squeeze their arm they just like <laughs> <laughs> they'd just waller all around and my daughter's just flailing and pulling up her shirt and playing with her belly button and it was just like oh my lanta
1: some kids outgrow that if you've sat in a row by our family (laughs) even with 20 year olds you're like maybe they don't always outgrow that but yeah
2: (laughs) and to be the church that doesn't look for perfect people. Because I don't want people who have children with behavior, whatever, behavior concerns or special needs or anything to not feel comfortable to come in because they feel like their kids are just too wild. And I don't judge other people that way. So I, I, I don't know where the pressure. Oh, I feel
0: like that's always such a difficult thing. Well, and I love it yourself. when
1: Celie's around and she does her the dance train because yes. I think sometimes that's it is cool. hard for kids to sit still at church. And I that is something that I appreciate about the upper room you know sometimes people are culture shocked when they see kids moving around and but if you're a mom out there or a dad out there and you get stressed out by your kids at church You're not alone. You're not alone. (laughs) It is totally normal, and we love your kids.
2: And that is true. You guys do love our kids, and you love them so well. I can't say enough to Miss Monica and to Miss Megan for the beautiful, beautiful teachings that they orchestrate in the children's messages and children's department. It is fantastic, and I love it. I love that my kids are here and that they're getting fed those other things and reinforced from what I'm trying to teach I feel so good knowing that that reinforcement and that teamwork collaboration is just, it's a wonderful thing to have. I just feel blessed. I feel like a total gift that this is just a lighthouse and I just pray for this home family because it is really awesome church that I'm glad to be a part of.
1: Well, it's so fun to have people who are so excited about learning and growing and eating things up. And I think that is contagious because, you know, some people can just be really stubborn or slow or resistant to learning things. And when you're around people who just want to eat
0: everything up, it's like... I want some of that too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when we're talking about how are you letting your light shine, I feel like that's one of the ways that you do let your light shine. Even just from getting to see you work with people or greeting people saying hello in the morning or being vulnerable <laughs> and open or you kind of representing those types of people that are like, I want this. I want everything about this. There's something very, very different about those people and those people are very attractive and you do have some a bright light and it is so attractive for all those reasons that you just mentioned beth that you are so open and willing to like just it's like a sponge yeah. but it's it's so fun to be around you because you. there's so much life and light and joy people want to be around that it's
2: the good stuff if we eat the good stuff he is good and he fills my cup up gives mm. me energy and-
0: last question oh no
2: No, I don't have this one. Yes, it's
0: (laughs) you know. Do you have a supernatural story or anything that's interesting or unexplainable to you or ways that God has supplied when you weren't expecting it? I
2: just know that my heart overflowed with gratitude when my kids were able to go to Heartland Christian School. And it really kind of opened up in a really supernatural way for us. Mm. We were going under the Ed Choice Scholarship. That scholarship closed by a certain date. I can't remember what it was, but it was hard close. And so I had been in touch with Heartland and was going to get a tour and was really, you know, thinking about my daughter going there for kindergarten. And I really wanted to start there, but I knew it would be out of our budget. Just didn't know how I could come up with that for her to be able to go to Heartland, but I really wanted her to go. And I really wanted to start. By golly, if I didn't get connected with Cindy Russo, I got the news that, like, we had just missed the deadline, hard deadline. We could try again the next fall. So I kind of thought about homeschool or what am, my other options were. But at the time, I was working part-time, trying to teach and still have other children. I was like, this is much. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> so I I was kind of bummed. but And I don't know what the timeline was. It was a couple months later. Somebody contacted me and said for the first time ever, Ed Choice has an expansion. They're going to open back up again. She said like in these couple weeks or this next weekend or this week or whatever, if you can fill out all this paperwork and do all these steps and do everything, we are going to give you an opportunity so there's a window open. And if you want to try for the window, we'll help you try for the window. And Cindy Russo, I mean, she was just amazing. We did all the steps. Boom, 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 boom. And we had to send our daughter knowing that we may not get the scholarship. Because I remember they said, sometimes you don't find out until October. Well, we did not find out until October. October, that she received the scholarship. Praise God. hallelujah. In tears, just so excited. <laughs> I called Cindy Russo. She was excited and elated. And she said, praise God from whom all blessings flow. That was just the light that shined for my family to be able to, it was just this little divine intervention, I feel. This little window, this pocket that just opened up for this possibility. And now has paved a way for all of my children to be able to go to Heartland Christian. Mm. They have learned so many valuable lessons, so much good character stuff, so many good things that have made their hearts soar and love Jesus even more, from songs that Miss Jackie teaches to just everything that they're learning and growing in and the teachers that do it with such love and passion. Mm. I couldn't ask for a better setting for my children. I love Heartland Christian. I am so grateful that God opened that window for us. And I really do feel that that was just... That was just a a gift from him that's really neat it's Mm -hmm. a lighthouse
1: well we have really enjoyed our time with you jessica it's been so fun to hear a little bit about your story and your love and your light radiates and it's so fun to have people in the church who are excited about learning and growing and sharing god's love and you know i love how you talk about god cares about the heart and not the outward appearance your outward appearance shines your light bright as well. But Mm -hmm. I think the beauty in your heart that you're getting from Jesus, you're spreading Jesus wherever you go. And I think that's a beautiful picture. Love to see that love to be around that. And you know, if you've met Jessica and John and their kids, they are all exuding love and light. It's contagious and it's fun.
2: Thanks for helping me unpack it because I don't often think about my story. So this was this was refreshing, fun. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. Make
1: sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.